You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. Just gets a few facts right. This is the female brain, and that's the male brain. See it down there? <laughs> Cheryl likes it. Not true. The male brain's bigger than the female brain by about 2.2 pounds, but you're equally as intelligent as us, okay? Not clever. It's not about size. It's about connections. How you use your brain will determine your intelligence. So whether you're male or female, we are definitely different. There are differences physically, obviously, and in your brain, and brain science is a fabulous way of understanding male-female differences. Unbelievable. It kind of kills all the controversy dead once you understand. And my latest book is on the male-female brain, understanding your partner, your child, your work colleague. You are you, and you're in a world of males and females. If you don't understand each other, you will increase your toxic levels. Your relationships will be affected. And God requires that we really understand each other, which is really great and it's really fun. So just to give you a couple of little facts about the male-female brain, we've got trees on the stage and we're going to talk about trees and your thoughts are like trees. Well, in the brain, the outside of the brain is where the tops of the trees are. So Max is going to hold, there we go, up there. The top, you see there's a green part in the middle, there's a pink part, and then there's a brown part with stuff in. Brain science, easy. See, you just look at the colors. Okay, and uh, so the top part, that's where the tops of the trees are. Now, whatever, you, as you are thinking, you are building trees, you are building branches on your trees all the time. So the branches of your trees or your memories are basically your memories or your thoughts. Now, the tops of the trees are on the outside and then the tree trunks go towards the middle and you build a double memory of everything. So every single memory, which is a thought that you build, is in, in harmony. You've got two of them. There's, they, they, two of them, one side doing one thing, one side doing the other, and they need to work together. Now, when men think, as men intellectualize, they think more through the tops of the trees. They also use the tree trunks because we all have tree trunks and we all have tree treetops. Okay? You've all got the structure, male and female. And they're, they're all different and unique. But men have six times more tops of the trees, and we have and they're six times more gray matter, and we the tops of the trees are called gray matter, and we have ten times more white matter, which are like the tree trunks. These are just analogies, okay? So the middle part is like the white matter, and the top part's the gray matter. Men have six times more. Women have ten times more of the white matter. The tops of the trees are like supercomputers, okay? Tops of the trees are like supercomputers, and the tree trunks are like the internet. So women have 10 times more of the internet power, which makes a lot of sense because internet is this web-like woven thinking all over the place, integrating detail and emotions and lots and lots of stuff and swinging between things and shifting. Does this describe us girls? all over the place and rediscussing things and things are solved and then we go back and rediscuss them again and use thinking, we haven't we finished with that and why we are, and so on and so on. Men are like supercomputers with the intellectualizing where it's very focused, very powerful, very organized, very localized. We also have supercomputer thinking. You also have internet thinking, but you have more power as men in your supercomputer thinking. Women have more power in their internet thinking. Now, why did God do this? Because you, well, the, in, the internet would be useless without the supercomputer. The supercomputer would be useless without the internet. So in other words, we need each other. The way that God has designed the male and the female brain is if you look at the brain structures, and I can go through the hundred different brain structures and tell you all about it. It's unbelievable. Every single structure in the brain and every single process that is produced by the structures in the brain is complementary. So they work together. 
and they comp it's like God has given half to the female and half to the male, and only when they come together are they exponentially better together. So the internet and the supercomputer together will be exponentially better together. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that if, you, if you're not married that you don't get that same benefit. You still have friends that are males or females. You're still mixing in a world of males and females. So you are always needing to understand those few little differences. Another difference that's quite interesting um, is that we have a slab of tissue on the side of our brain over here called the insula. And the insula is an amazing structure, as is every structure in the brain. I mean, you'll hear me say that about every structure. It's just incredible what they do. But the insula helps us to feel that mind-body connection. It helps us to actually experience and bring the past into the present. So we have an unconscious mind which operates at about 400 billion actions per second. Those of you that have been here this weekend have heard me say that a few times. And then you have a conscious mind, which is what you operate in when you're asleep as well. When you're asleep, uh, when you're asleep, when you're awake. So when you're awake, you're operating in the non-conscious and the conscious. And when you're asleep, just your non-conscious mind is operating. Now, when you are thinking during the day, your brain gets stimulated by all the things coming in through your five senses. And as that information comes in through your five senses, it sweeps over all the memories in your mind, which are like trees. Memories are thoughts. When I use the word memory, it's also a thought. Memories and thoughts are the same thing. And as it sweeps through all those things, it activates certain memories from the past to move to the present. And that pulling up from the past to the present happens through the insula. So it's the insula that kind of brings the past into the present. And we use the past, things that we've already built, existing memories, to help us process incoming information. The insula is bigger in the female and smaller in the male. Okay? And the insula bigger in the female means that the, what, what women do is we bring up a lot of very specific detail with lots of emotions and lots of stuff, and we bring those into current situations and we collapse time. And that's a brilliant quality. Men also have a brilliant quality with a smaller insula. It's more focused, more laser-like, more general, and, and it doesn't collapse in time. Two completely opposite perspectives. So when you put the detail, time collapse, with the more focused, no time collapse, you have the perfect picture. And that is, that's with every structure in the brain. I'm giving you just simple things. But with every structure in the brain, that's how it happens. And, you know, this is the most valuable information to understand. Use science to help you understand yourselves, which is the whole teaching that I do on detoxing your mind and understanding your gifting. But this male-female understanding is also extremely important to understand each other because you can detox yourself, but if you don't understand others and you get so caught up in me, myself, and I then you are going to become toxic in your relationship because then you see the world from your own perspective and that's not how you're supposed to see it. You're supposed to get out of yourselves and serve others. So I really believe strongly and encourage you to start making the attempt to understand yourself better and understand the opposite sex. It's an incredibly rewarding and exciting and fun journey that you can enter into. Now based on that, you mentioned about the waters and you read the scriptures and we've got trees implanted in water. There's a scripture of mine that is just... A, scripture of mine, a scripture which is one of my favorites, and also I say that about every scripture. But this one is particularly um, revelation, it's, it re it's very revealing in terms of this concept of the trees. It's Revelations 22, and for years on my business card, I had this part of Revelations 20, uh, 22 on my business card, which says the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. I mean, that is just so powerful. Okay, the leaves of the tree. Now, every time you think, you're a thinking being. You think 
all day long. You're even thinking at night, but at night time you're sorting out your thinking. So as you think, the design of your brain is such that when you think, a whole bunch of neurophysiological processes start happening and you are going to result in, the, the result of your thinking is that you actually make something physical. You make substance. You make evidence. And that evidence or substance is a memory. And that memory looks like a tree. So if you look up on the screen, what you're looking at is the things that you build. And you build these all day long, moment by moment, at 400 billion actions per second. That's the design of your brain. So whether you like it or not, right now, at this moment, you're growing, you're growing branches on your trees. You're literally adding branches to your trees, which are little protein things with chemicals and electromagnetic activity and so on. So your brain's incredibly powerful. But now, the kind of branches or leaves that you grow onto your trees, you choose that. You design your own we call it tectonic architecture of your brain. So you design what your trees look like. You're, that's the gift that God has given you. You have a unique way of thinking, a completely and utterly no one else thinks like you do, and your thinking produces these things. And your thinking is completely unique and completely designer, so you create these designer trees. If you look at two species, a species of tree, no two trees in the same species look exactly the same. They, they design their little branches and the leaves. They, they are different. The, the actual structure, we call the tectonic structure, is different. And it's the same thing with you when, you. when you create your thoughts, which you're doing right now, they're completely unique and designer. And that is phenomenal because you have this creative ability inside your brain to grow stuff. But the stuff that you grow will be for your healing or your destruction. So whatever you grow in your mind, because you're a triune being, because you are a spirit, the true you is your spirit. The true you, the true nature, the I factor, the who God created, that piece of eternity, Ecclesiastes 3.11, the divine sense of purpose is laid in you, the I knew you before you were formed in your mother's room, the uniqueness, the, all that stuff, the Psalm 139, I knit you in your mother's room, all those things, that you-ness is your spirit. And that you-ness has a soul. And the soul is the place where all the information from outside comes through. And your soul is your, in, is your intellectualizer, it intellects, it, you, you choose, you have your free will in there, and you have your emotions. So your soul is your mind realm, soul-mind realm. Now, the brain is the structure that produces mind. So the mind is what the brain does. So the mind, soul, is what the brain does. Now the soul has one foot in the door of the spirit and then one foot in the door of the body. Watchman Nee, if you've ever read any of his work, it's brilliant. He explains this really, really well if you're interested in this concept. Okay, so the soul has one foot in the door of the spirit, one foot in the door of the body, which means that whatever I take in through the external, through my five senses and into my mind, which becomes these trees, is going to impact on my physical body the nature and the health of my body, and also on my spiritual development. So I choose whether I want leaves of healing or leaves of destruction. Now, that choice that I make is a gift from God because God could have made you a robot. He could have made you just automatically there to worship him, but he gave you this ability to choose. So when you do choose him, it means so much more. So what a chance he took when he said, let me give them free will. This ability to think and choose and grow these things in your brain and lead your life. 
which is a phenomenal, powerful thing. The most powerful thing in the universe after God is this free will thing, this, this ability to think and choose and build these things in your brain. But coming with power is awesome responsibility, incredible responsibility, because coming along with that is the design that God made your brain and your body. And there are consequences of actions. The scientific principles that are laid down in the way he constructed your body will follow certain rules, like physics follows certain rules. And if, we, if I stand over here, I'm going to fall. Gravity will make me fall. That's a law we know. The same thing with your brain. When you think you choose, you will build stuff in your brain. There are consequences of the choices that you make. So God tells us, okay, I give you this incredible free will. I give you this ability to choose, but you need to choose life. You need to not worry. You need to do what Philippians 4, 8 says, which think, is think on these things. And all the scriptures in the Bible that tell us, get knowledge, get wisdom, and do all the right stuff. Okay? God's pretty conditional when it comes to this concept. And he says, well, if you do that, you'll be blessed with long life, with health, with peace, with prosperity, with intelligence, with wisdom. Go read your Bible if you don't believe me. Okay, scientifically, it's also the case. When you make good decisions, when you choose the right way, you build health into your brain. What the scientists call this is that we have what we call, we are wired for love love that term. We are wired for love. All your wiring that makes all these thoughts, all that wiring that you see up on the screen, all that is in a positive love direction. They even call it the optimism bias. You may have read the article in Time magazine where they had this um, uh, talking about how some research that was done about us having this optimism bias. And the scientists are saying, it's brief, it's incredible. Despite the collective negativity of the world that we live in, people are still the majority, the large majority, 99.99999% of people believe that the future will be better than the present and the past. We have this optimism bias in us. We have this hope that God has laid down in us. And we have this ability, therefore, to choose well, okay? But we don't always choose well. Sometimes we make bad decisions, and when we make the bad decisions, we will have a consequence, and the consequence is this ugly-looking tree over here, which I call a toxic tree that I have dragged around the world that has been thrown around TV studios by Matt Crouch. I don't know if you've ever seen me on TBN, and he always throws this thing around the, around the TV studio because it's, he says, I can get rid of these, and I say, yes, he says, okay, and then he throws them away. So it's still, it's still a lie. It still comes with us because it makes a point that this is an incredibly powerful analogy for you to understand that when you build a negative thought, you are going to have a consequence in your brain. You will not grow life, you will grow death. These things cause death, they're abnormal, they're perversion, they look different, they act different. There's a, if you have a look up on the screen, you see a healthy thought. What you're looking at there is a zoomed-in image of, of thoughts or memories inside your head, the branches on the trees, okay, and it's, it's a healthy one, and what you're seeing up there is the, is the toxic one. So when you make a bad choice, it physically creates in the same way, but with distortions. It's called the plastic paradox, where the way that you build a good thought is the same way that you build a bad thought. And you can choose to build the bad thoughts, and you can choose to get rid of the good thoughts. This is this whole plastic paradox, where what is a good design and a phenomenal design, by your powerful ability to think, you can build, but there will be a consequence. And when you build those things in your head, that black cloud represents the distorted electromagnetic effect that you have in the area of a distorted thought. It's inflamed, it is swollen, it's distorted, it's gnarled, the, the chemicals don't flow properly, the little iron channels and the things are not working properly. The whole thing just looks 
and acts differently. And that is not the norm because what your body is designed to do is to grow, to go from glory to glory, to seek after holiness. Your original design, your original intent is one of love, of one of perfection, of the you made in his image. The scripture in Timothy that says you have you do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. That tells me spiritually what the scientists have found scientifically that you wired for love. You are wired for love. You have a spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. You get the picture here? Science all the time. Every scientific finding, we can find a scripture to back it up. There's a scripture in the Bible that says they saw with their ears. They saw with their ears in Ezekiel. They saw with their ears. How do you see with your ears? Do you know that scientists now currently have developed little microchips that you can put on your on little computers that you can put on your tongue and blind people can see with those little microchips? It's still in development, and what that's done is it's trained one sense to take over another sense in the brain. There is incredible, incredible stuff happening. I worked with patients that had holes in their brain that had been written off, that had been told they were vegetables, and these people persisted, pushed through, developed their mind, regrew their brain, and got degrees, and one of them went on to be one of our top motivational speakers in South Africa, and he'd been written off by the doctors. I have seen people come out of the worst addictions overnight, changing overnight by a decision of the mind, and the brain regrew. Growing. When you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, all those things, it, it, it destroys your brain. It eats holes in your brain. Alcohol, drugs, destroys the thinking processes in the brain, destroys the circuits in the brain, and your brain shrivels. When you make bad decisions, you cause cell suicide in your brain. Your brain suffers damage. We can see this on spec scans, on MRIs, on fMRIs, various different ways of looking in the brain. We can see this damage. Science has got to the point now where they can track when someone is making bad decisions and there's inflammation, it causes people to get stuck. The, 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 the flow, it's almost like a, a blocked river or a road with tree trunks that have fallen over and that, that blockage causes manifests as anxiety disorders, as depressions. You see, depressions, anxiety disorders, mental disorders, these things are distortions of the norm. These are not the truth. There's an element of genetics like Huntington's and Down syndrome and these things which are genetic mutations that come through and that's not someone's fault. That's come through the generations and it's come through as a genetic mutation. But the genetic mutation was not the original design of God. It is a result of years and years and years and years of distortions in our gene codes which has produced these, these anomalies and these, these things that manifest in people's lives. And, but, but according to the science, 75 to 98% of current mental and physical illnesses. This is medical science, brain research. 75 to 98% of current mental and physical illnesses come from our thought life. I mean, that is just so unbelievably powerful. So when God says, bring all thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus, you've got to bring this thought into captivity to Christ Jesus. So the big tree over here represents God, represents the word of God, represents the implanted word of God, which will save your soul, represents the correct way of thinking, represents life, longevity, healing for the nations. And trees grow out of rivers. And if you read the beginning of that scripture, the leaves of the tree, just before that, if you can just give me my iPad, it talks about God showed me a pure river Look, that looked like crystal. A pure river that looked like crystal. Let me just get this thing open here. 
listen to the scripture, it's amazing. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And when you make the decision... To, to, when you make the decision to follow the word of God, then what will happen? And there shall be no more curse, but a throne, but the, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. I mean, this is promises of intelligence, of wisdom, of peace, of eternity, of happiness, of love, of being able to communicate with your Savior like Adam and Eve before they sinned, walked in the garden with God and, and communicated with God. That's your design. That's what the scientists are finding, and they don't know what to do with it. It completely flies in the face of evolution and all this nonsense that they try and use to explain away God. Because you can't. You've got to believe in a, in a creative designer who's over and above everything, who made all this stuff in the first place for us to understand him. That is the purpose of science. The purpose of everything out there is to understand him. Romans tells us that we see him in nature. We don't worship nature. We see him in how he has created nature for us to be blessed by that nature. You see, it's a paradigm shift. It is a shift away from worldly influences. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. You know that scripture. What does that mean? You're in this world, but you have to protect your spirit that you don't become this world. And you don't wire in the world's sense of abnormality as your sense of normality. You do not want that. Let me say that again. You do not want to wire in the world's sense of abnormality into your world uh, as a normality inside your mind. You can't think that things that are, are negative are good because God said you have a spirit of power and of love, not fear. Fear is the opposite spiritual force to love, and it grows all the negative things, despair and discouragement and depression and all that bad stuff. Love is all the good stuff, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all those things. That's the norm. The original design God says you made in his image, that is the norm. That is not the norm. But if you grow that, if you focus on that, it will grow. Whatever you think about the most will keep on growing and growing and growing. You have to rise above the situation. You have to see the world with God's eyes. You have to do what it says in Mark eleven twenty two, which says, have faith in God. Have faith in God because as you have faith in God, which comes from, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to listen to the word. You've got to read the word. You've got to meditate on the word. You've got to memorize scripture. You've got to sing worship songs. You've got to lose yourself to God. We taught our kids and they were growing up and still now, that Jesus is always with you. Like we with you and talking to you, you, you cultivate a sense of presence. Jesus is the, the same thing. So when they would argue or have little fights or whatever, we used to say to them, hey, Jesus is watching you. So when we had a little tantrum or a little fight, what do you think our kids said to us? Jesus is watching you. So, you know, anyway, you cultivate, which works pretty well. You suddenly think, oh, my goodness, he actually is watching us. You know, he seriously is because we kind of go into the sense of, you know, well, you know, I can, I can do this and he doesn't really see. He sees everything. You know, we've got to cultivate a sense of presence of Jesus in our life. We've got to recognize he's with us all the time. Joyce Meyer was asked once about whether she, um, when she has her quiet time and how long she has. You know, people try and make theologies and rules out of everything, okay? And she said, I don't have a quiet time. So that shut the people up very quickly. She said that I have one all day long. 
I am always talking to God. It made such an impact on my life. This was years ago. I watched her on a TV interview. And that is so profound because she doesn't leave her house in the morning without talking to God. But it's because as she opens her eyes and wakes up, the first thing she does is say, hello, God. Jesse Duplantis, you know the funny man with the big teeth? He's hysterical. He, he wakes up in the morning and he looks at himself and he says, good morning. I just love you. Good morning, Jesus. I just love what you created. And all these weird things. And he's, I mean, you don't have to be as extreme as Jesse Duplantis. But but you need to recognize that God is with you all the time because when you cultivate a sense of his presence, you are growing these things. Now, this is you. You are created in his image, but he's bigger than you. So you have his design and you have his original because he said you made in his image. So you need to hook your design onto his design. I've said this in, in most sessions that the New Age movement and the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because I get asked so many questions about is this safe, is that safe. Nothing unless it's hooked to Jesus is safe. Okay, nothing. No self-help technique. No anything is safe unless it is hooked to Jesus. So all the what they've done is they've taken all these kind of laws and physical principles of energy and so on, and they've created various different techniques and systems. And there's a lot of truth in a lot of them. They're operating on the laws of nature that God created and the laws of how the human brain and body operate, but they remove God from the equation. So it becomes a serious thing of me, myself, and I, and I can do it all without Jesus. And that's wrong, and it doesn't work, and it ends up collapsing and flying in their face. And you've got to take the principles of God, and you've got to hook them onto Jesus. You've got to make the decision to connect the two. You've got to connect to the river of life. You've got to connect to the vine. All those scriptures are words that we've heard, but now scientifically, it's a fact. When you hook a bad decision into your brain and you grow it into your brain, you do not get life. And then you seriously need to apply Psalm 23, which says, he leads me beside still waters. I lie lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. You know, we need to go and lie in the green pastures. We need to let the river of life restore our soul. We need to rehook and get hooked up there to restore our soul. How many of you have watched a bad movie or walked into a movie and you thought it was okay and then it just was horrible or you've been in an environment and you, you come out just feeling like dirty and horrible and you just I just got to read my Bible. I just got to pray. I just got to listen to a worship song. That's the restoring my soul. That's putting it back in. That's that healing because we recognize instinctively each and every single human on this planet that ever was, is, and will be, recognizes truth. God has laid down in your heart a mini brain that operates as a conscience, a 40,000 nerve cell mini brain in your heart that is connected to the front of your brain and connects in a triangular fashion to the middle in front of your brain, and every time as you think and choose, and as you're about to choose and build these thoughts into your brain, God has this little checking station in your heart, and the information kind of flows through, and you make a decision based on that. If your mind is connected to God, you're going to have this conscience checking station aligning with the Word of God, and you're going to recognize, hey, something's wrong, or you're going to recognize, um, you're, going to, you're going to ignore it, and you're going to, you'll get a sense of ease or a sense of dis-ease. And if you learn to listen to that, you will then slow down, step back, say, okay, God, I don't know why I'm feeling uncomfortable. This seems like such a great decision, but I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to bring my thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I'm not going to rely on my own understanding. In all these ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, and I know you'll direct my paths. That's what he requires us to do. 
You are not designed for ADD type thinking. You are designed for slow, deep intellectual thought. You are, you are able to operate in multiple levels at once. He's made you utterly brilliant. You have multiple personality advantage, you know, which is just a word I made up, MPA, okay? It's, it's multiple personalities. You can operate in a whole bunch of green trees and a whole bunch of black trees at any one time. You have trillions of trees in your brain that you've been building from conception. You're utterly brilliant. And you can change and redesign and be a total designer babe in whichever way you want. But remember the consequence. You choose the stuff, it's going to become part of your brain. It will make your body sick. That is fact sci science and it's fact spiritually. And that's what we have to be aware of. We have to choose, make the right choices. I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So let's say you're in a situation and life is just something really bad happens and you get abused. So now let's say that situation happens and you get abused or you just get exposed to whatever. That came in through your five senses. You processed that. It became a toxic thought. Even if you were the victim, you, it, it, if you keep the pain in your head, and I may, this may sound strange, but you still have that toxic thought in your head because what happened to you was an abnormality or that situation became part of you that was negative. Now, Jesus says you've got to go to him. You've got to forgive. You've got to not excuse that behavior. What was done was wrong, but you've got to get it out of your head so you can get healing and let God fix them. And that's forgiveness. Forgiveness is a tremendous act of courage where you recognize and acknowledge that what was done was wrong, but I can choose my reaction to the events and circumstances of life. I can choose to rise above that. Joyce Meyer tells an incredible story about a choice that her and her brother had to make. And Joyce Meyer, do you all know her? She was raped by her father more than 200 times, and she is now one of the greatest evangelists in the world, and she's about one business, and that's Jesus. She's an incredible woman of God. I've had the privilege of being interviewed by her, preaching on her stage, getting to know her, and let me tell you, that woman is about one business, Jesus, but she could have chosen what her brother chose. Her and her brother grew up in this abusive home. Father was into all kinds of porn and all kinds of terrible things, drugs, you name it. She had a very weak mother who never stood up to the father, never protected her children. The little boy was, grew up seeing this stuff, but Joyce not only saw she was abused by her father, she was raped repeatedly by her father. One day when she was collected from school, her father stopped to abuse her again in the car. Policeman came past. Joyce thought, well, finally, I will be free. Do you know the father paid the policeman, bribed him, and he raped her as well. I mean, this is the kind of situation that is, she could have given up. She, can, she tells you a story. If you haven't watched her, I suggest you watch her, read her book, whatever. She, she shows, she highlights choice. Because her brother, growing up in the same home, but actually not having it quite as bad as her, he chose badly. He became a drug addict, an alcoholic. He tried repeatedly to come back. He just kept falling. Joyce and Dave helped him. Um, he lost all his teeth. They got him new teeth. It's a long story. She tells the whole story. A couple of years back, she gets a phone call saying, I think we've got your brother. He's dead, but we think it's your brother. He had died 30 days before. His body had decomposed. The only reason they thought it was Joyce's brother was because he had a Joyce My tag in his pocket. They had to get his dental records, identified him. It was her brother. It was her brother. And all he had left was this little card, this Joyce My card in his pocket and his glasses. And she holds up a manila envelope when she tells the story. And she said, as a result of the, of the choice that he made, he landed up dying and dying with nothing and alone and frightened. And she now reaches three quarters of the world with the gospel. You see, you can have... Anything happened to you in this life, and God can set you free by the choices you make. Mac 
has BCBC. He told you about before Christ, before Caroline. For 11 years, I've prayed for him. He was a really great Catholic, believed in God, but he hadn't met Jesus. He just had not connected with Jesus. And you see, he got kind of, business was busy, and he started drinking, and he thought he had it under control, which is what most people do. But it doesn't happen. Eventually, by the time we had our fourth child, this was 10 years into our marriage, I knew that I had to make a decision because I was putting my children at risk. I knew about the brain science. As much as I loved him, I had to make a choice. And that choice was one night we came home. He was drunk. He wouldn't let me drive. The kids, we could have all died. And I thought, that's it. I stayed up all night. I prayed. I read the scriptures, the stories in my book. He doesn't mind me telling the story because it's an incredible story. And I prayed, and God said to me, you have to you have to confront him. You have to confront him. You have to let him go. He has to make a choice. Otherwise, he, you, everyone's going everyone's gonna to die. And I did. It was a big battle. Long story short, in the morning, I had written a letter. I had written out the scriptures of why, etc. And I said to him, I love you. I will never stop loving you. But I will not bring up my children in this environment. I will not let them see it. I will not let them get exposed. I want it out of their head. I don't want alcoholism. It's going this far, no further. His mom had a problem. My dad had a bit of an issue. Um, his family goes back through the generations. But you can stop these generational things. These are epigenomes. You can stop by speaking over. You can pop them and melt them down. And we're going to show you popping neurons in a moment. I've got to remember where we are in this. I haven't shown you the popping neurons yet. Have I showed the pop? No. Okay. Thank you. I'm so many services. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Five minutes. I've got to wrap this up quickly. So long story short, I showed him this letter in the morning and we had a huge pub in our house in South Africa filled with the wrong spirit. Okay. So thousands of dollars worth of the wrong stuff. And I showed him this letter and I said, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to choose Jesus and me and the kids, or you're going to have to choose alcohol. But I'm not living like this anymore. And boy, was I scared. I did not want to. I, was, I kept saying to God, what if he chooses the, the alcohol in that life? I can't live without him. And Jesus said, trust me. Well, I trusted him. Max started crying. He went into the pub. He poured every bottle, thousands of dollars of alcohol down the sink. And he was pretty much an alcoholic at that stage, pretty dependent. Everything gone. He went out, immediately got out. And we, we cried. He said, sorry. He said, I've chosen. He went in the car to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. He bought everything he could get his hands on with a spirit. Went and filled up his pub and continued to fill his pub. Every time he wanted to choose, grab a drink, he would reach, which wasn't there anymore, he would reach for the correct spirit. And he filled himself with the implanted word of God which saved his soul. He had, amen, good choice. What was initially a toxic choice became a healthy choice. What was initially death and impacting his wife, his children, and the next four generations has now gone. We've cleared that out of our kids' heads. We've cleared it out of our heads. You see, you can pop what comes through the generations. Let's have a look at the screen. We're going to show you um, on the screen actual electromagnetic electromagnetic activity happening in your brain. We're going to show you thinking in action. And when you make the decision, the good decision to apply the word of God, you are going to pop nerve cells. Look down the bottom. What you're seeing there, the moving around is electromagnetic activity where Max pointing to. If you watch closely, you'll see it pop. Look at that. That is... When you take this, just keep playing it. When you take this and make the decision like Mac did, I choose God. I choose life. I choose to stop the drinking. I choose, choose, choose the correct thing. This sends out an electromagnetic wave to this. This is not Star Wars. This is science, okay? And then that's what you're seeing up there. You're seeing electromagnetic. What I'm describing, you're seeing. Then you take the word of God and you add that you have this incredible power that is coming out and whacking this thing that's also generating electromagnetic power. But perfect love casts out fear. 
Perfect love is stronger than fear. You have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind, ladies and gentlemen. You do not have a spirit of fear. This is the perversion. It has to go. When you make that decision and that choice, you pop this thing down. It takes 21 days. Within 21 days, it is 21 days scientifically. It's been proven. Every seven days, something happens. And as you go through the 7, 14, and 21 days, these things pop, 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 melt down, gone. 21 days, it is gone. That is gone. That's amazing. When you make the choice to apply life. So for 21 days, Matt did that. And then he carried on because then you grow a little new tree. And now you've got to grow that tree and grow the spirit. So he chose to grow the spirit as opposed to choosing to grow this tree. And life came into him. And life came into our family. And with all the drinking and stuff he has done, he should have had all kinds of medical problems. He hasn't had one medical issue at all. His brain's regrown. He's brilliant. He knows the whole Bible back to front like Dake does. He can quote any scripture. He runs our business. He does like what a hundred. He's incredible incredible father, an incredible husband, he made a life choice. You need to make a life choice. And the most important choice that you could ever make in your life is the choice to accept Jesus Christ. That is the most important choice in your life. You're brilliant, you're empowered, and I encourage those of you who haven't to make that choice. I'm going to hand over to Pastor now and let him take over from here. Thank you for listening to my speedy talk. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.